Go ahead and be seated. Morning, everyone. Go ahead and turn to Exodus 34. We'll be there here in just a minute. But a couple things just to note. There's We have our fifth Sunday fing, singing tonight. Did I, I almost said finging. Did I say finging? Singing. There we go. Fifth Sunday singing tonight. And uh, Delbert is... Where's Delbert? Delbert was, is, was leading our songs this morning. Uh, if you have some songs that you'd like to lead, if you have a moment this afternoon, just forward him the, those, what those songs are. So he's going to try to get a, a, a step up on things and have a bunch of them ready when we come together tonight at 6 o'clock. So everyone is welcome to come back for that as well. And next week, uh, we have something really uh, neat happening. Bill Caldwell, who is uh, he's a retired uh, colonel in the Air Force, but he works for... When he retired, he said, I want to do something that matters for God. And... And he started working for World Bible School. And so he's going to be here on Sunday morning. He's going to have a class time. He's going to share some of what World Bible School does and then, and then preach during our, our, our worship assembly. I will be preaching in my hometown of Libby, Montana next Sunday. And uh, that's the hardest place for me to preach. I think I've told you this because there's people there that changed my diapers. And I'm like, what do I say to you guys? You know, that sort of thing. And so, uh, I'll, but I'll be back there uh, with my family and, and with the church that I grew up in uh, this this next Sunday. But there's, uh, I know, with uh, I, like I said before, I think I miss out on some of the greatest stuff. And uh, with Randy Scow, I was actually here last week. What he shared with the Mount States Children's Home was phenomenal, just tremendous stuff. And you get to see Randy's heart pour out. And, and Bill is going to share some great stuff with the ministry and. And it may be something that uh, some of us here were, are interested in getting involved in, so he's going to come and share some of that ministry here this next week. And I would appreciate your prayers as well, just that my family and I can be an encouragement for the church in Libya and, and uh, help lift them up uh, and, and be, uh, be a great encouragement for them. All right, uh, last week, uh, this area right in here was transformed into a giant shipwreck. We had our summer VBS here from Monday through Thursday. And I'm going to walk us through some pictures here. And, and I'll work this into the lesson of what we're going to talk about today. But the idea was, is that we all find ourselves shipwrecked at times in life. And Jesus is the only one who can really rescue us. And we had a tremendous crew of, of workers here. We had a, a group, a lot, large group of kids from the community showed up. If I remember right, about 60 kids or so all together, somewhere in that, is that about right, Connie? Somewhere in that, that ballpark. And so I'm just going to walk through some pictures. This is part of snack time. And it takes a lot of TLC and, and human power to make snack time work. You have all these kids that are, that are being given the snacks there. Uh, this is uh, Maggie Svaldi and, and some of the kids. She lead the, uh, the programs that happened outside, the game time. Uh, there is, uh, here's part of the crafts that happened over here in this room. And you can imagine, was it a mess? Was the crafts, yeah, okay. It's all clean. It's amazing what the people did cleaning up afterwards because uh, all these kids did a craft every day that they were able to take home at the end of the week. This is some of the uh, excitement that happened outside involving water balloons. The kids were told the last day when they came, Parents send the kids and stuff that they get wet in because there's water balloons going to be involved in. They had a big water balloon fight. Great time. Uh, this is uh, more of, of just the activities and excitement outside. That was after we shot the hornet's nest down and made sure that it wasn't going to sting any kids. Um, this, yeah, they let anybody in here for sure. Um, I got to play the part of Captain Castaway. And so I would come in and get the kids ramped up 
share a spiritual lesson to start with, and then hear from the kids to finish up the day, and we would talk about that spiritual lesson some more. But what I did is I had castaway knickers on, I guess. You know, they're army pants, military pants that I cut off just below the knees that were frayed and all that. And you notice what I'm wearing here? A personal flotation device, life jacket. Because I told the kids, I'm afraid. I walk around and I wear this all the time because I'm afraid something bad is going to happen. And what I taught the kids throughout the week is, you know what? Jesus can take care of it and I'm going to take the life jacket off because I know that he is where I find true life. And so that was the the message that I used. Um, More kids making faces, of course. Um, As you walk through, there's this isn't a great picture, but it's a picture, there's a few pictures of of the the group together and again, 60 some odd kids that were there participating. And uh, again, more exciting outside stuff. This is cool, PVC pipe cut in half and the kids had to blow a boat through the water from one side to the other. Pretty amazing, amazing deal there. A few, only a few of them passed out, so it was all right. No, that didn't happen. I'm just kidding. But what I did, and I had some different appointments. I met up with people during the time that I got up and spoke to the kids, and then I finished. But the rest of the time, something I, I did is I spent time over in the office that I used there, and I just opened a concordance that I have, to the word children, every time the word children appears in Scripture. And what I did is I spent time just looking down through those. And there's a lot, by the way. If you look at, pick up in concordance or go to, to BibleGateway.com and look up children, what you'll see is just pages and pages and pages of the word children because God talks a lot about children. And what I did is I just reflected and I honed in on a few different passages that talked about children that touched my heart. And so I thought, I'm going to share those with the church family on Sunday. And these are not in any particular order, not polished, not all of that kind of thing. These are just scriptures that impacted me, and I've got a few words to say about all of them, and we'll walk through. The first of them talks, well, walk through two different paths. I guess we'll organize it that way. Path number one, here's the low road. And these are some things that can happen uh, as we uh, try to influence children when we don't do a good job of, of uh, or, or not deliberate in how we influence the kids around us. Okay, let's go to Exodus 34 to start with. Way back to the book of Exodus 34. And this is where uh, God appears to Moses and he explains his nature. And we've spent some time here before. But if you look at chapter 34, I'll start reading in verse 4. It says, So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding love and faithfulness, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Man, you read that and think, this God that we serve is phenomenal. And God appears to Moses up there and says, this is my character. This is what I am all about. I'm a God that wants to forgive. I want to show love to thousands, forgive wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and, and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Okay, so the idea here is, 
you think about in, in the time of Moses, these family units would live together. They're not spread out all over the globe like we are. But these family units, when they're living together, you have grandma and grandpa, sometimes great-grandma and grandpa that are living there. Mom and dad, kids, and the generations are all right there. And so what happens is, as I understand this scripture, is God is saying, I want to be kind, compassionate, and gracious. That is my default. That's where I live. That's where I exist. However, when there is great rebellion and sin, family unit, that, there's consequences for that. And as I look at this, I think, okay, wait a minute here. So, God wants to be a God who is forgiving and all of those things that we see listed there as he reveals his character. But if we insist on rebelling, if we insist on going the wrong direction, there's destruction that happens not only for me but for my children because my influence can really damage and bring, bring heartache upon my children. And so that causes me to think, okay, I need as a parent and as a spiritual leader and as a church member, I need to be on my game making sure that my influence is good and an influence that calls children higher and shows them what the love of God is. This example right here. Let's look at another one. Psalm 73, 15. Psalm 73, 15. Go ahead and turn there. Here's another one that, that touched my heart this, this week as all these kids are running around. And I'm reading scripture and thinking, Psalm 73, I'll start reading in verse 12, but verse 15 is, the, is what we'll focus on. But what this psalm is, is the psalmist just crying out to God and saying, Ah, things are not fair, I'm frustrated. Look at verse 12. This is what the wicked are like, always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. Ah, have you ever felt that way? I try to make good decisions. I try to be a good example. I try to put God first. And here, these people around me that pursue evil have got all this good stuff. They just keep getting richer and richer. They just keep getting more and more blessed. And here I am. Every time I turn around, something bad happens to me. You feel that sometimes? Hey, you feel that? Watch what he says next. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. You notice what he says there in verse 15. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. That passage haunts me there. Because what I understand this psalm writer is saying is, I have my doubts, I have my frustrations, I have my moments that I mourn and I lament and I lash out to God. But I better be very careful how I share that with other people because it can damage children. It can damage others that are spiritually where I am at. And I've seen that. All of us can have seen that. Something, I guess, just a funny way of saying it. I don't know if it's funny or not, but just a, a way to, to, to try to get the, the point across that I wrestled with this week is all of us have times that we wrestle spiritually, right? We have those times. We have those times where, where we have the spiritual crisis that we have to walk through. But if you're going to have a spiritual crisis, my recommendation is this. Do so before you have children or after you launch them. Okay? Because 
If we have spiritual crises in ways that are not healthy in front of our children, it can be very damaging. And that's not only for for our our biological children, but children in general. And it's very important for us to be very careful, I see from this psalm, in how I express my doubt and frustration towards God and others. Because people are watching, and my job is to call others higher. All of us have that job. And so here's a few things that, that caught my attention the, the low road, what we don't want to do is put ourselves in, in a position or in a place where our lifestyle or our way of being damages the children or the spiritual well-being of those that are, that are less mature around us. Okay, let's look at another road here. Let's look at the high road. And this is maybe some encouraging ways of how God wants us to be. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And... Uh, I read this with the teenagers this morning because we were watching a video of, uh, of Matthew where the um, actors are interacting. Matthew is reading and there's, there's, it's a personified book of Matthew is what it is. And there's, you have the religious leaders with these boxes on their foreheads, the phylacteries. Who knows what phylacteries are? Okay. They were, the Pharisees had gotten to a point where they had written scriptures down and put them in boxes and tied them on their forehead because that kept the word of God close to them. That's the idea. And, and some of it comes from what is, what is read here. I don't recommend doing that, but anyway, there you are. That's what, that's what they did. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, let God's word permeate everything that you do. When, When this was written, when God shared this with Moses, the printing press did not exist that could produce something like this. And it didn't come for a long, long time, thousands of years afterwards. But you and I can go to a bookstore, we can order it off Amazon, we can take one from the church here. The church has Bibles in the, that, that you're welcome to use, take home. But every one of us can grab this and have the words of God be repeated to us and read them and share them continually. And I believe what God's getting at here and what he wants Moses to understand and wants the Israelite people to understand is is that God's word needs to surround you constantly. When you do that, it changes you. It's powerful. It it transforms you to look more like, like what God wants you to be. It's amazing to me how many people's lives have been changed by just picking up the book of Matthew or picking up the book of Luke and reading the life of Jesus. And their lives change because of that. It's just, it's amazing how powerful it is. And so as, as we've talked about, daily Bible, I'm a huge fan of, of being a daily Bible reader. Every day, somehow, some way, get in God's scripture and let it transform you and let it change you. Here's another a couple of scriptures from Psalms that impacted me as I was looking through them during uh, VBS this last week. Look at Psalm 14, verse 26. No, Proverbs, excuse me. I said Psalms, but I meant Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. There was a, I stopped over it and uh, saw Mark Morgan the other day, and, and something he mentioned to me as we were in passing and just brainstorming, and, and uh, he said, Chris, I think it's, probably, it's important for us to talk about fearing God, because there's a lot of scriptures that talk about fearing God. So we talked about that a little bit, and 
And uh, we talked about it with the elders the other night as well. And there's a lot of passages that talk about that, and this is one of them. If you go back to Proverbs 1, verse 7, part of the verse says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because if I don't fear God, if I have no fear of God whatsoever, that, oh, he's my big bro up in the sky, you know, kind of thing like that, and that's how I approach God, then it doesn't put me in a spot where, where I submit to God as I should. And, and I think that's probably true of, of many in our society. We tend to operate that way. But you see what, what is said here by this, the, the writer in the Proverbs there. And I'll read it again. Verse 26. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. And so for us as adults, cultivating a fear of God, realizing that I don't have to be afraid of God because I've come into His grace and I've been transformed, I've been washed by the blood of Jesus through baptism, faith, repentance, all that. We, you know, we, we understand that. However, I understand day in, day out that I better fear God because He is great. There's maybe two things we can say, and an, an author said this. There's two things I know in life. There is a God and I'm not Him. Okay, those are two things that I can be certain of in life. And if I live every day saying, God, you're there and you're powerful and I don't want to disappoint you, I want to to fear you in a way that gives you proper respect. What that does, according to this proverb, is it creates a foundation or a fortress for my children. And the same is true with churches. We fear God. It creates a fortress for our children to grow up to love and and honor him. Let's look at the next passage here, uh, Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 7, chapter 20, verse 7 says, The righteous lead blameless lives, blessed are their children after them. And so if we're righteous and we make right decisions day in, day out, that's part of what being blameless is, then the children that follow us are blessed because of that. There's an analogy that I heard once, and I've, I've thought about it a lot, and, and I know it's, it's like a lot of analogies. It's not a perfect analogy, but it caused me to think. Okay? How many of you um, like to shoot archery? Okay? How many of you like to shoot rifles? Well, this is Montana. Don't be shy. You know, that's how it works. Okay, when you go out to the rifle range here at Logan, there's, uh, when, when we go out to shoot, there is, uh, there's targets you put up, right? Okay, right in the middle, what is that called? The bullseye, that's right. And out from there, there's different rings that, that go out further and further, right? And I remember someone telling me this when I was young, and it's one of those things that just, that just stuck in my heart. And again, understand that there's, there's exceptions to this, and there's lots of them. But it made me think, okay? Is that parents and children in their relationships, oftentimes, wherever parents are, Children land one ring out from that in, in their dedication to God or their spirituality and, and all that. And hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we all land dead sinner and we stay there and the children stay there until Jesus comes back. But the point that this person was making was, is that as a parent, the closer I am to dead center and the more I look like dead center of what Jesus wants me to be, the better shot my kids have of really understanding the abundant life of Jesus and wanting to live there. If I'm perfectly content with with hitting on the outside of the target and that's just where I live and and I'm good with that, the reality is is that in churches and in, in families, 
the chances that our kids hit somewhere further out is much more likely. Okay, now understand, I'm saying that just because that caused me to think. What kind of person do I need to be to try to help my kids land closest to center as possible and provide that example? And so the, the psalm writer says it differently. He says here, or the, the proverb writer, in verse 7, The righteous lead blameless lives, blessed are their children after them. Okay, here's some things that I found that are helpful. If we're lighting the path for children ahead of us, let's look at one more scripture here in Luke 18. And we're going to hit this when we get into fall because we've been going through the book of Luke. And, um, and we'll hit this section again from a different angle. But look at Luke chapter 18, verse 15. It says, People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, the teacher's a big shot. Come on, keep the babies away from him. He's important. Don't get him anywhere close. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God is, a, is a, like a little child. Like a little child will never enter it. And I don't think Jesus is trying to do here is, is a discussion of, of innocence as much as, if you read the context around it, you have people that are religious leaders in Jesus' day saying, I don't need you. I'm good. I'm set. I'm good. I've got everything figured out. I've got a tenth of my mint deal and coming all decided out. I have got all my check marks lined up. And Jesus is saying, if you've got all your check marks lined up, then I've got nothing to offer you. You're never going to come to me. But the people that come to me are people that know that they cannot survive on their own. Think about when you came to Christ. There's usually great heartbreak. There's something that happens in your life that gets you to the point to say, I can't do this alone anymore. I need to, for Jesus to walk alongside me, and I'm willing to submit, I'm willing to change, I'm willing to do whatever. I'm in. And having that attitude, like Jesus does here, just imagine the, the perspective or the, the way that Jesus presented himself. If the children are willing to come and climb on him and be excited about being around him, that warmth, that gentleness that must have just poured out of him. And this, these things come from an article that I, I ran into here a while back that was helpful, talking about churches and children. Welcoming children in churches means the messy is healthy, okay, and embrace it. You know, I have parents that, that come to me at times and say, I am so sorry my child screamed while you were preaching. And I say, don't worry about it, it's fine. I can preach through whatever, all right? I'm just thrilled that the church is full of children that are here. I'm glad that the church was welcomed in all of these children from the neighborhood and the community so they could see the abundant life of Jesus and have just a taste of that. Something that was, that was really neat, um, some of you know Everett Hufford, he's been here. Um, I took him to the airport, and so he dropped by, and he was here for a little bit of the last day of the VBS. And I took him around and said, hey, check this out. This is great. Look at all these kids that are here. And, uh, and he shared that two of the most effective ministers that he knows of that are preaching right now, that have been very evangelistic, that, that, have, that have produced fruit. Two of them were kids that uh, lived in a neighborhood where there was a church and someone invited them to a VBS. And they came and thought, huh, this is kind of interesting. These people are nice. And it planted the seed that years later produced a lot of fruit. And I encourage you to pray along with me for 
the kids that were at this VBS. I know that several of us had great spiritual discussions with, with some of the parents uh, that were here. Who knows what type of seeds are planted, not only for people outside our community, but for ours. You know, our kids, they're, they're, many of the teenagers and spent time investing and, um, and, and helping out. What's that? Yeah. Michael Rourke was introduced to the church through VBS. I did not know that. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. More and more. You know, people come to Christ through VBS, those efforts that we put forth for children. Now, if you were here with a VBS, those who raise your hand if you helped out with the VBS, was it messy? Yes. It was messy. Was it awesome? Yes. It was awesome because these kids were able to come in and hear and participate in the abundant life of Jesus. Value noise over perfection, okay? It's all right. It's good. Now, there's boundaries, there's limits, all that kind of thing. We put some guidelines up in the back on, on how we as adults should interact with children and children should interact with us. And, and if you haven't seen those, they're, uh, go ahead and look in the back. Um, but noise is going to happen with children. When we have communities of faith that are dead silent, polished and perfect in that sense, then uh, we're missing out on, on something great for the next generation. And, uh, and not, not demonstrating and projecting Jesus like he's called us to. Welcoming children, lighting the path for children means protecting them and investing in them uh, day in and day out. And I know that that's one of the discussions that comes up with our elders quite a bit. Or what are we doing for the kids? What are we doing for the kids? How can we bless the kids? How can we bring kids in? How can we show kids the love of Jesus? And... Hopefully some of these scriptures that were convicting for me this week are convicting for you to walk through as well. And God has given us something here in this community here in Belgrade, beautiful. Because there's lots of kids here. There's lots of kids in the community. Belgrade High School goes double A next year because there are so many children in our community. And something I encourage all of us is whether your parents and have kids at home right now or your grandparents or, or you are a kid at this point in time, look around you to see where there's other kids around you and see how you can share the abundant life of Jesus with them. Now, I would like to do something here, okay? Kids, do you guys want to play a game? Lyle, 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 you're over 18, okay? You grew up here, but you're not a kid anymore, all right? I hate to break this to you, but well, maybe a little bit. How old are you, Lyle? 23, okay. Lyle's going to help out, though, okay, just to make this a little easier, all right? Lyle's a kid at heart, right? Diggins, is Lyle a kid at heart? Yeah, okay, yeah, they're all shaking their head. All right, this is how it works. Kids, I would like you to do, those of you from zero, if you're a little one, parents, just hold your kid up, okay? Or... Not, whatever, okay? <laughs> Don't do anything dangerous. That's my point, okay? Kids, would you come and just stand in the aisles here? This aisle and this aisle. If you're 0 to 17, go ahead and stand up. And Lyle, come on, Lyle. Lyle can be an example for all of you. Go ahead and stand in the aisles there. Kelton, you can too if you want to. <laughs> See, these are guys that grew up in the church here, right? I know Kelton wants to, but he's just sitting. No, it's fine. Okay? Go ahead and stand there. Right there, kids. That's great. Okay? And there's, there's kids, babies that are back in the nursery, um, some that are bouncing in and out. Okay, look around. This is awesome. Now, this is wonderful. And uh, there's, there's many more that are part of the church. And kids, here's something. All you kids, look at me for just a second, all right? Here's lecture time with Mr. Chris, all right? 
Here we go. What we want for you kids is to grow up to live out the abundant life of Jesus. It's awesome. And we hope as, as adults and as parents that we show that to you, that we teach that to you, and we know that God has great missions for each one of you. And maybe your mission is to be a missionary in some place overseas. Maybe some of you will, will raise families and, uh, and teach your children to love God. I know you're probably thinking, I'm not going to have kids, you know, whatever. Hey, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe some of you will work in different jobs where you will share the message of God with somebody and they will come to Christ. God has big plans for every one of you. Okay, And so let's finish just by saying a prayer for the kids here and, um, and, and invite God's blessing on all of them in the church here. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the great blessings you've given us here in this, in this church community and the great opportunities that you've given us here in this valley. And there are kids that, uh, that skateboard through the parking lot daily and ride their bikes. And we know that uh, there's many children um, are hurting because they're missing out on people showing them the abundant life of Jesus. And we pray for the children that are here, uh, that are standing here. Pray for the ones that, uh, are, that are part of the church community that aren't here today. We pray for those that are just live in our neighborhood and in this valley and beyond that we may influence in some form or fashion. And we pray that you work through us as adults to show the abundant life of Jesus and provide that great example that we provide opportunities like our Bible classes and our VBS in order to touch the lives of these children. And we pray that you work as only you can to plant your seed in their hearts so that they can that can grow and they can um, learn to love you with all their heart, soul, mind, strength and love their neighbors themselves. And we're just so thankful for the great opportunities and blessings you give us. And we pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right, kids, have a seat. You too, Lyle. If you would like to become a Christian or you would like prayers of the church, you're welcome to head to the back. The elders are waiting there in the back to pray with you through whatever you may be walking through in life. Let's stand and sing together.